You sure we're recording? I can't see the screen from here. I know. I do that on purpose. I know. You get too distracted. Remember we used to have it behind the camera? And you used to like stare at it? I'd be like... Yeah. I'm like the dog looking in the mirror. What the fuck are you looking at? You looking at me? What the fuck is this? You'd be be looking at that like the entire time it would distract you. Because when I would edit it as I'm editing, I'm just watching your eyes go directly to the screen and not looking at the camera. Yeah, it's like my, it's like our, it's like they're we are our own audience. It's very self-referential. Yeah, to be able to just ignore it. It's right in front of you. How do you ignore it? Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the channel. Goody and Johnny Mo with the movies. Tonight we are doing episode sixty-four. This is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Volume 3. Um, Johnny Mo could not wait to get this video review up and going, so um, let's get started. Okay, so before we got to do our drink of the night. You um, got something different. Go ahead. I, you know what? I got something different. Um, this was an impromptu taping. Usually I, I, I buy my beer in advance knowing I'm going to be taping, and I didn't realize we were taping until a good half an hour ago. So I went to the store. And I picked up something very odd that I usually don't drink. This is Red Stripe. This is Jamaican lager beer. It's got a funny thing on it, too. It says, since 1928, Red Stripe has embodied the spirit, rhythm, and pulse of Jamaica and its people. That's pretty good advertising. But uh, it's got a very distinctive bottle. Um, my brother drinks this a lot, and he tried to turn me on to it, and I... I don't have it too often, except maybe once in a blue moon when I'm at his house. But I'm like, you know what? With the selection they had at the at the gas station, which is usually not that good, I said, you know what? I'm going to stay away from the typical crappy American beer that I don't like to drink anyway. They had Guinness. They had Negro Modelo. But I drink that all the time. And I saw the red stripe. I'm like, I'm going to get that, whether I like it or not. There you go. Uh, tonight, I am just grabbing a porch rocker from Sam Adams. So, so. with that... Cheers to everyone. Thanks for the listeners that are uh, on our podcast and as well as everyone else watching on YouTube. Thank you guys very much. Uh, spoiler heavy. Uh, Guardians has been out a that's week. That's not bad. It's not different. Bad. It's good. It's different. Oh, real quick. Going to do my shirt. I had you pull, go ahead and throw it on there. I had to pull out my Yondu. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Guardians of the Galaxy shirt. Pulled that out of the vault in the basement just for, for us to go see it. When we went to go see it. That was I, from volume two. Yeah, and I left it out um, for this taping. And then as soon as I bring it home, it's going in the wash, and then it's going back in the vault. Unless there is a plan for a Guardians volume four. It could be. I, I mean, they imagine hinted, there would be. Well, they hinted at Star-Lord returning. Yeah. They didn't say anything about the Guardians And they returning. almost make it seem like it's like, going to be a slightly different team going forward. The team, the team didn't break up. The band didn't break up, I think. I think it's the end of an era, for sure. Yeah, because I can tell you right now, if there's any series of movies that Marvel should just keep pumping out, as long as they keep the quality up, it's the Guardians, I think. Well, I think we have to give all the credit in the world to James Gunn. Yeah. As the director for all three of these films, because... Uh, without Gunn, I don't know if A, these films get made, and B, I don't think they could have been done as well with these random characters oh, yeah. that nobody really knew about. I mean, these were probably what, like C C or D characters in all of Marvel? Them, all of them are like C characters in Marvel. You know, the level, and it's just the, the way that Gunn brought them together... Now that created something special. Now that being said, I think that is the team that was brought together in the comics prior to the movie. Like I think, yeah, the Guardians, well, they, were, they must have like relaunched the title. Yeah, at total, some point in time. total relaunch. Yeah. because it's they, you know, I'm, I don't know the, the the current team or anything like that. I'm going to yeah. be quite honest with you, um, but, but but that team that they put in the movies, yeah has no characters from the original Guardians of the Galaxy from the late 60s and the 70s. Right. Well, we really don't see them until Volume 2. Yeah. they, they like, throw in they, they, cameos. They, yeah. I mean, Yondu, I think, had the biggest. Yeah, I mean, you know, other than Yondu, but everyone else, they... But Yondu's not a Guardian. Yondu's a Ravager. Ravager, right? Right. He's one yeah. of the Ravagers, along with... Um, uh, whatever, whoever Stallone plays. Stallone plays like the head... 
Yeah, and, ravager, and Martinex, uh, who's like the guy made of crystal, he's a ravager. Even though I don't know they even I don't know if they mentioned him by name in the movie, but I'm, I know he's in the credits and probably Charlie Twenty Seven as well. You know, it's like they kind of they pay a little bit respect to the original characters, yeah. but even still, they still haven't mentioned all of them or pulled them in anyway. They still haven't brought in Starhawk, uh, Alita, um, Nikki, or Vance Astro. Now, for nothing, Vance Astro was probably the most popular. He was one of the, he was a character that uh, kind of appeared in various places all out the Marvel universe. But um, yeah, no, it's I'd like this team is. I would have loved to have been in seen the the original pitches, for the for the first Guardians where yeah. they're like, you know, okay, this is what we're gonna do, and you know, I could oversee the guys going, wait a minute, okay, who, who's yeah, the Guardians exactly. of the Galaxy, and okay, so who's in it? Like you know, somebody big, right? No, a Groot, Groot, a who, tree? The hell, who the hell is Groot? A talking raccoon. How many comics has he been in? Uh, three. <laughs> we're gonna make we're gonna make him a um, we're gonna, we're gonna make him like the comic relief. We're gonna you know he's gonna have a lot of comic relief. Oh wait a second, I'm sorry. They're, they're, I think they're all gonna be comic relief. But now that we think we, we're writing them all with comic relief, they're all gonna be funny. No, wait a I, minute. What do you mean they're all gonna be funny? I remember watching the first trailer to the first Guardians film um, when it played when it aired, and I'm like, what is going on? What the hell are we watching? I remember but thinking you it, saw it's either the gonna trailer. be. I think remember I remember saying to myself. This is either going to be pure genius, a home run, or it's going to be a disaster. Because with these characters, there's no in between. There's no safe middle of the road. Right. Boom. There's no Iron Man. There's no Thor. There's no Captain America. Which at yeah. the time, like you know, they're they're going through the whole Infinity Saga. Well, and I, I think the success to the whole trilogy is that it does not follow the standard mm. superhero No, the, the standard MCU formula. And, you know, there's, there's a standard, like, superhero genre formula. Then there's, like, the MCU standard superhero. You know, it's like... Yeah. Like, and most... I'll be honest with you. Most of the movies follow that... For the most that, part. That, that line with a little bit of deviation here and there. But Whereas guns, I, think, I think Guardians is, yeah. is very... Off the normal yeah, path. James Gunn does something special, I think. And I think it with works. This group. The, I love the first film. The, I mean, as far as like if, if I if I'm looking at these three films, the first one I absolutely love. Second one I found a little more repetitive of the first film. Not as good as the first one, but I liked it. Still some some really good moments in it. Um, I really enjoyed the third one. Yeah, I mean, you know what it is. This, I think these movies had the best humor. I think yeah. a lot. I think a lot of jokes in Guardians Two didn't work as well as they would have liked. I but, agree. But I think the jokes in Guardians One all were, hit. Were all yeah. hit. Boom. And boom. I think Every a lot of the one. jokes in Guardians Three worked too. The only thing I didn't like in Guardians One was the silly dance off that Star Lord does at the end to distract Ronan. Ronan. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and this is, I think, really the only series that Marvel does that really kind of takes the soundtrack. And, oh, and, and it ma- makes, and and makes like it elevates it as a part it, of the film. It almost film. makes it a character in, in the film. Yeah, no, Gunn does a really it's smart. It's not just background. It's, it's he he selects the music. Um, he does a great job of selecting the tracks right. for and, for the films and the trailers. Right, and what they're doing and what's happening in the movie is is it's not it's not like the background music that only you and the audience can hear. It's not like the score to the film. The, they're actually listening to those for the most part they're right, li- certain scenes the they're characters listening are it. listening to those songs on their tape yeah. deck or on their radio whatever which is you know and 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 that's and you know, and that's cool yeah which is different than most of the other films that have that are doing anything like they, that or at least how they're incorporating music yeah they de- it definitely takes chances with the story it, it, it you know it goes wherever it wants to go it does whatever it wants to do it can you know it there's only a few series that have actually had a trilogy so far in the MCU, or at least three films by itself, aside from the Avengers films, I, I don't. Oh, aside, want to, I, okay, I, I yeah. don't want to include those. But I mean, Iron Man, Thor, Thor has got four films. Captain America has three. Spider Man has three. Right. You know, I, I would definitely say the Guardians is definitely one of the more solid trilogies. And I think people, I think people look forward to it. Yes, no, I, I, agree. I think I think I look, I think I look more forward to a Guardians movie than any other random sequel 
like yeah, the that next, we've had. the next, like, like, uh, you yep. know, I'm gonna be, I'm looking forward to the first Fantastic Four movie. Of I'm course. looking forward to the first X Men movie, but I'm looking more forward to Guardians three than I am for Ant Man three or Doctor Strange three, right? Or you know, Thor five going in there. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um, but I thought James did a really great job. This was his swan song, his you know his final film. Um, now that he's transitioned into the the DCU and going to be um, heading the Superman film there, as well as overseeing the whole roadmap of uh, of DC for the next decade plus. Yeah, and that's good. And I think um, I I think I get the feeling when when they're making these Guardians movies that um, there's less restrictions. With what, with with how they want to tell the story. Well, Feige probably gives Gunn a little more leeway because of the success that he's had. Yeah, like it's like you know what? If it ain't, if it is, if it ain't, oh, this is one of my, one of my favorite sayings is, if it ain't broke, don't break it. <laughs> like let you don't know fix what? It. It no, no, broke. no. If it ain't broke, don't break it. People like you know, people just take things that aren't broken and they break them. You know what? Don't do that. It's not broken, so don't break it. You know, it doesn't need to be fixed. Just leave it alone. It's 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 already perfect. So you let you let you give someone like Gun. You say, all right, you know what? Just keep doing what you're doing, and we're just gonna step back, yeah. which is good because it, you know, it 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 gives you that creative freedom to take chances that a lot of other movies they're not allowed to take those chances. Like no one's taking chances with an Iron Man movie or a Captain America movie. They're gonna say, you know, you're not. You're not taking chances with Iron Man. The Iron right, Man movies, that's our bread and butter. Right. They have to be solid. They have to be successful. They have to be, you know, they got to be what people expect. You know, you go into a Guardians movie, you don't know what to expect. But except a, that you know you're going to have a good time. I, I, well, I think there's definitely the, the level of you're, you know you're going to have a good time. But there's definitely a level of success that's expected. No, no. I'm talking about in, just in terms of what's going to happen. Oh, not knowing what's you gonna don't, happen. You don't yeah, know no, what's gonna no, happen. I agree with that. It's, it's it's like an open book. You're like, you know what? Like, what's gonna happen? I'm gonna whatever it is, it's gonna be a surprise because it's not too, gonna be gonna show it's up. not gonna be a guarantee. Like, oh, I, I already know what's I know what's gonna happen because I think that, I've seen one and two. I already know how three is gonna be. No, it's it's not. I also think that Guns had some of the best um, cameos in his films because he's done these beautiful little Easter eggs. Oh yeah, in his movies that I thought um, has been done really well. I almost wish um, I'm glad Stallone was in it, but I feel like Stallone had a bigger part in Guardians, two. A uh, little bit, you know. I think that yeah. you know. I think it's okay. I think. Um, well, I think this I, one he kind of just basically he's just yeah. there in the beginning and at the very end. Yeah, I think I got enough of the Ravagers in in part two, but I almost yeah. thought like part of me thought like when they introduced the Ravagers, I thought maybe they were gonna like I think I thought they were gonna have a story more focused about. Interacting like pulling with them. them in, pulling them in. Yeah, or maybe point. it being like, like maybe they're the they're the adversaries, or okay. or maybe they team up to join, you know, to find to, a bigger to, ad, to, to find, find a bigger bigger adversary. Which I mean, not for nothing, they could have teamed up to fight the the evolutioner, evolution, evolutioner, evolutionary, high evolutionary, high, high evolutionary. Yeah, um, I mean, so that was possible too. But, but I, you know, the the thing is too, there's differences because how you leave. Guardians Volume 2 and when we pick up in Guardians Volume 3 there are things that have changed like Thor traveled with the Guardians the mm -hmm. Gamora of Guardians 1 and 2 dies Dice. and the and the Gamora of Volume 3 is really the Gamora from the past before she even meets the Guardians right she's a different Gamora right and I think like that created a whole new oh it's a whole relationship and a whole new dynamic right with the team because yeah. it's someone that just is, you know, it's her, but it's not her. Yeah, and 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 I found, I found Quill's story, with this to be so, like, difficult emotionally because, of how much he cares for her and loves her. Yep. And all he wants is for this Gamora to be her. Yeah. And to be like the old Gamora, and it's not. And it's really funny because she's just not that person. The way they. I think that to me the biggest way that they distinguish that you know that this is not the same Gamora is in her facial expressions. Yes. Because she almost always has like a snarl. Yeah. Like you know like like it almost like 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 I don't know how she does it because her her mouth never the way her mouth looks in this movie 
doesn't look like that in any of the movies. I don't know if she. I don't know if it's a CG effect or she's just you know she just got good at snarling. Well, I think she's she, like, she it's kinda, all like she she probably you know she had the freedom to almost like create a whole new Gamora. Yeah, it's it's got a com- completely different attitude. She's like yeah. I mean I mean Gamora was always a badass. But right. but, but, but she, she was, had a she had a she had a, an emotional an emotional side. side. Yeah, this yeah, one yeah. is just you know all no. business and you know yeah and that's it. I mean she and she it looks like she was with the Ravagers for a while and loves it. Yeah, and, and like, they love her. Yeah, like just yeah. love that love their way. And now all of a sudden, they've got to pull her in. And well, well, the, you know, before we even get there, this this movie is really so much about Rocket. Oh yeah, you know, and Rocket. I'm, I'm so glad Rocket's they, story they did that. Takes such center stage. Yeah. in this movie, they did a you know they did a Rocket origin that was, and it wasn't like you know they did the whole origin at the beginning of the movie, and then they right, moved on just, and told the rest. It's sprinkled they, in. They there was a whole origin story, and they gave it to you in segments throughout the entire course of the movie, and I think that worked really well. I do too, because mo- you know the. Fo- the formula for that is just have a, an have origin at, at the beginning, right. and then you know you're done with it, and you get all the information. Right. And you, you go like from you, there. You would have had like thirty minutes of the rocket origin, and then you would have started the current right. timeline. And maybe that would have been too much time. Mm. But you know, the, somebody upstairs would have said, "Okay, you can't. It's got to be all in the beginning, and it can't be thirty minutes. So make it shorter." And it's like, no, I want it to be thirty minutes, and we're going to do five minutes at a time throughout one yeah. sixth of the well, movie. And you know, Sprinkling and it's out. like you know, because I'm James Gunn, and don't freaking break what I'm doing because it's not broken. Just shut up, let me do what I'm doing, and you'll make a lot of money. And just say thank you at the end. <laughs> yeah, just say thank you. Don't you know? There are there are so many people in, that get involved in the creative decisions of movies that shouldn't be involved in the creative decisions of movies because. They're not looking at it from a creativity. Well, looking good at it for the dollar signs. They're looking at it for is this a safe bet or is this a risky bet? And safe bet means usually means more money. It, you know what? It, it means safe bets doesn't necessarily it's mean more risk. money. It means the money, there's a certain amount of guarantee. Yeah. You know, you get that guarantee. Whereas a risky move. Well, it's high risk, high it, reward. It, right. It could be high reward. But it could be a disaster. Right. And people don't like that. And it's like, you know what? Especially for Marvel and Disney, the MCU, you can afford to take chances. You know, your your entire MCU plan, you know, phase one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, on to and forever, because they're gonna be making movies forever, you know, it does not hinge on the success or failure of any one film. As long as the average is making money. You keep going. Well, yeah, I think you could say that, I mean, especially looking at Phase 4. I mean, a lot of the films in Phase 4 really haven't been the best compared to the other three phases of the MCU. And yet they're surviving. Yeah, but I, you know what? I, I think it's because, I think part of that has to do with, I think Phase 4 is a little bit more disjointed. It, you know, well, quite it hasn't settled into that firm direction of where we're going that I think was established pretty early in Phase 1. Like... Yeah, I think pretty so. early in phase one, you knew you were heading towards Thanos. Yeah, and you knew it. Well, by the time you hit Avengers, which was one, two, three, four, five, what was it after five films? So the sixth film was, I think, Avengers. Yeah, and right, you know, Total Showdown. Yeah, you know, now Phase Four, you had a couple, you had a, quite a few films in Phase Four where you. They were just standalone movies almost. They almost, you know, they they right. were, and they were good. But they, they, I think they lost a little bit of that momentum. But maybe they just wanted to take a break and say, all right, you know, let's just have a little fun with these characters, just standalone. And now we can start getting into the whole Kang thing. Right. And I mean, obviously, that's like the next, that, that where this is all going. But it, which the brilliance of Guardians is that you get a breath from all that because yeah. it really takes you out of the main MCU continuity and kind of just brings you into the Guardians bubble. And. Makes me I wonder like, if Kang is going to be the end of Phase 4, 5, or 6. Do they know that? I'm sure it's mapped out as to who's going to I'm sure it's mapped what. out. Like, I, like, you know, Thanos was the end of Phase 3. So I think, you know, you got to get, you got to stretch, you got to stretch the big bads out. Right, and that's kind of what they did. Right, so I, I'm, expect, like the next I'm expecting Avengers, the like, Kang finale to be the end of Phase 6. 
yeah, probably at, at least, least like at, at, least at the very five. least phase five. Yeah. It'd be silly to go to phase four because like I don't know if they're going to. You only do, have so many big bets. I don't. I don't know if they're going to stretch it out over three phases like that again to wrap up this one villain. They might do that sooner than later. Maybe a little sooner. Yeah. Now that you know, now that they've done it once, they can do it right. a little tighter. You know, but like I said, there's there's only there's only so many big bets. Um, okay, so one of the characters that they introduced. There's so many things to talk about. Warlock, There's so many things to talk about. Who do you want to, yeah. want to talk yeah. about? Well, because the beginning of the film is really kind of shocking because it starts yeah. off with a freaking bang. Because it really starts off with Adam Warlock coming into nowhere and just yeah. like leveling parts. And like you really get to see how strong and powerful yeah. Adam Warlock so, is. I, I mean, to me, I mean, he almost kills Drax. Yeah, the big intro on the you know he, you want to say the hero side, but he actually comes out as a villain. You know, he's a hero in the comics, but he's almost like a, he almost he starts he's very much a villain in, in, for most of this movie. Um, is Adam Warlock, and I'll be honest with you, I feel like the the Adam Warlock in this movie is a is a little bit tougher than the Adam Warlock in the comics. Okay, um, could be. I don't know that he is he is that tough. Like to be honest with you, I think in the comics, Drax could. Physically throttle Adam Warlock because Drax in the comics is is, is really strong. Um, Warlock Warlock is Warlock is is an odd character. Um, I mean, he was first introduced in the '60s um, in Fantastic Four, and he's not a creation of the High Evolutionary. He's a creation of this group of scientists called the Enclave, and he's like in the cocoon, and it's the same type of cocoon right, that, that they showed at, at the, the end, end of, of two. Guardians Two, yeah. and. When the cocoon finally hatches at some point, which might not be till another couple issues of the Fantastic Four, or then the, then it, the cocoon and or the the hatchling is in Thor, and he's called him. He's not called Warlock. He's called him, and then at some point he becomes Adam Warlock, and then um, he gets his own title. In Marvel Premiere, the first two issues of Marvel Premiere is Marvel Premiere featuring Warlock. Okay. And it kind of, I think it, I think at that point it, it pulls, starts to pull into Counter Earth and the High Evolutionary and things of that nature. And then that was apparently successful and he gets his own series. Okay. Warlock 1 through 8 is in from the early 70s and it's all about Counter Earth. Who, who's the, who, what's the society with the gold skin? In the comics, I have no idea, because in the comics, Adam Warlock is a singular being; he's not like a member of a race. So I but think, it's almost like he was created, though. Like it doesn't seem. Yeah, like he yeah, he's wasn't. he's created in these comics, but in in, in even in the MCU. Sorry, in the MCU, in the MCU, he's created, but he's almost created to be part of this like gold race, this society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in the comics, he is a standalone being. The Enclave create a female counterpart. To him, called her, but I think it's again, it's, it's a singular creation. Okay. Um, and then basically, the whole high evolutionary man beast counter earth storyline kind of disappears, and the series ends until Jim Starlin picks up Adam Warlock and turns the character completely around. And that's the star, the, the Warlock that like everybody loves is the, is the Jim Starlin. Well, Jim it Starlin, seems like there's going to be an opportunity to do something with. Warlock again in the future. Well, yeah, because what Jim Starlin did is he he like he took over the writing and the drawing for this character, and it's a it's a huge story arc that it wasn't just you know this issue I'm fighting this guy this issue issue I'm fighting he had, he had a plan and a direction for Adam Warlock that that they could adapt into the MCU if they chose to. Um, it started out in in Strange Tales. They did a four-issue story arc in Strange Tales where they introduced Pip the Troll and Gamora, and that was okay. very successful. So, is Pip the, the Pip the Troll has not made an appearance yet, right? Oh yes, he was at the was. end of. Was it the Eternals? Yeah. Right. That was yeah. him. Star Fox and Star Fox and Pip, Pip the, the Troll. Troll appeared at the end of Eternals. Okay. So they're gonna they're gonna start pulling them in too, and then um, so Strange Tales was successful. They gave Warlock his own series again, but they kept the they kept the issue numbering. Came started out with Warlock number nine. Okay, that went through issue fifteen. Couple of crossovers here and there, there and that, and then it all culminated in the two part 
Avengers Annual Number 7, Marvel 2 and 1 Annual Number 2, everybody and Warlock versus Thanos. Warlock dies. Gamora dies. Pip the Troll dies. Almost like everybody that Starlin created or worked on died. And, they, and like he's done. And then I guess he got tired. Then he did like a, a death of when Captain Marvel died. Um, Thanos was involved, and I think they might even have Warlock in there a little bit. But then it's, I guess, Starlin got like antsy, like, you know, well, it's comic books. Nobody dies forever. He probably approached Marvel and said, can I just bring everybody back? Because <laughs> I, I, I miss writing about these guys. And in the 90s, that's exactly what he did. They brought back Thanos and Warlock and Gamora and Pip the Troll and Drax the Destroyer. And Warlock got his own series, Warlock and the Infinity Watch. Thanos was everywhere i mean he was just everywhere and like i don't think those characters have left the comics since then right but the big bad um when stalin first started doing it aside from thanos which obviously they've already done Thanos, they're not going to do him again there's an there's an alternate reality or future evil version of warlock called the magus and that's Definitely a potential big bad that they okay. could that Maybe they could that they could the pull in, you know. Like they, you know, they. It's just a matter of who they decide to choose. Are they going to choose Korvac? Where are they going to choose Galactus? Are they going to choose Dark Phoenix? Are they going to choose the Magus? Are they going to choose I don't know the Beyond or whoever? You know, there's all these big. You still bad. have some ones that are left. Yeah, and so if 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 Warlock works and they keep them, to me it's like, you know, capitalize on the Magus. You know, it could be a really cool storyline. No, I think uh, I think you're right because I, I thought um, I think his name's Will Poulter. Now that being said, this warlock is in the warlock? movie is is very goofy. He's almost because well, like, he's almost like a, she's like he's a child. Almost, he's almost like he's infantile. But they talk about that. Yeah, no, I know, and I don't remember him ever. It's like they like he like hatched early out of the cocoon. Yeah, I mean, I think in the comics he's almost like you know like he's a naive new being, but he's not childlike, and he's not. I don't know, like disastrously. I mean that not might um, that might all immature change now. because they have well, things where he just does things that people get hurt. Well, he's and just, he's, like, he's oh, just I'm sorry. He's just impulsive. <laughs> yeah, he's impulsive. He's he's extremely impulsive and doesn't really change that until the end. So you you do see some character growth with him when he starts to realize. Oh yeah, that he's really just being used, and maybe and also that maybe there's some consequences to what he's to right. to the things to that what he he's does. Doing. Yes. <laughs> now the high evolutionary is the villain that they introduce here. And he's he's a character that was originally introduced in Thor. And he's just like an evil person. Well, I don't know about that. He, he's he's more of a he's more of a jerk. Cuz he's a jerk well, he's, in the, a, he's an evil person. But he, he's a jerk evil person, but like yeah, he, but he hides behind science. Yeah, he no, yeah, behind, he does. He hides behind science. He he has this ideal of evolving humanity or whatever to like achieving the ultimate in evolution right but he does it with no conscience no zero Th- right that's and that's what that's that's his downfall because he has no problem killing everybody and starting over like yep. he, he, which he does yeah. in this movie and, and i think and he he's, do- i think he's, he's killed he does that in the comics and, too and basically like it's it's you know it, it, you find out that like He's killed entire civilizations yeah. and started from scratch. And these are like, you know, these aren't like, these are living beings. They're not clones or robots. Right. They're actually organic living beings. Right. You know, like they, might be, they might be created yeah. and placed on counter-Earth, which is where uh, part of this movie, ta- the latter half of this movie takes place. But they're still living, yeah. breathing beings. I mean, he's, he's a pompous, like, condescending jerk in the movie and I think he's yeah. somewhat of a pompous condescending jerk in the comics oh I forget the guy who plays him I forget the actor but I thought uh, he was fantastic but he, no it's, it's, it is a, like, it is a great character I thought he did a great portrayal they of did, the character and they, they did a decent amount with the high evolutionary um, there was a in the 70s um, he actually challenged Galactus because Galactus wanted to was looking for a planet to eat and counter earth right. fit the bill and that's the planet he created and he Defended, found counter earth like he like he grew to Galactus' size, and they and they fought. Needless to say, Galactus I think beat the crap out of him. Um, but the planet was saved because um, through the Impossible Man. But then there was a whole story arc uh, in the nineties called the Evolutionary War, which was like a, a, it crossed all the annuals in Marvel that year, and it was something that the High Evolutionary was doing, and um, 
I think the best the best uh, scenario from that storyline was when Apocalypse found out what High Evolutionary was doing and didn't like it because High Evolutionary wants everything to evolve immediately. Apocalypse wants mutants or whoever to evolve through trial, through trial, and through trial by fire, and over the course of time, okay. he's in, he's interested. He, he he plays a slow, long game. Evolutionary wants everything done now, so Apocalypse like confronts him, and he's like, "I don't like what you're doing," and then he realizes he's like he's like, and then he realizes like like whatever the high evolutionary was doing, the it wasn't working. Right, right. And he was like, "It, it was the funniest thing is when Apocalypse just looks at him, he goes, he goes, you know what? I don't even know why I'm fighting you. He goes, you're so stupid." <laughs> You're obviously going to fail. You're not going to wind up killing anybody. Everybody that you harass is going to beat you and grow stronger and be better from the ordeal. So he goes, so yep. you, you're actually promoting my agenda. He goes, so I'm just going to leave you alone now because you're not worth my time. And he leaves. And High Evolutionary is like, no, I don't believe him. He's a jerk. You know, like, like <laughs> High Evolutionary is incapable of looking upon himself and seeing his own faults. Well, I mean, you get that towards the end of this film, right? Yeah. Because it's his own um, crew, his own staff turned against oh, him. Oh, yeah. They mutiny. Right? Oh, it's Basically, totally. it's a mutiny at this point in time. Yeah. And, like he, and he, he thought he had power over all of them, and he doesn't. He like, doesn't. He, you know, he, and he finds that out the hard way. You know, because at the end of the day, they probably realize that he even finds them expendable. Well, if, what, what I found he to be... He could care less about them, probably. What was great about Rocket's backstory is not only are we seeing him him evolve from being a raccoon yeah. to being this like tech genius, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that he figured out something that the high evolutionary couldn't, right? And and the high evolutionary he couldn't stand it. He couldn't. He couldn't get past it. He couldn't get past that. He didn't think of it first, yeah. and that this little creature that he created. Got it. And and not for nothing, like that should have been like, oh my God, this is the pinnacle ultimate of my creation. Instead, right. he, he looks at almost like a detriment. Like all, like this, like he, like he wants to just study it. He wants to kill it and study it. Right. He, he actually has no... You said it before, he has no remorse. He has no admiration or no. pride in Rocket's creation. Now in the comics, I'm pretty sure Rocket Raccoon has nothing to do with the high evolutionary, but... I like that they did how this. they tied it in. Yeah, I like how they I like how they they did this because yeah. it, it worked. It made sense, and we got to talk. We just we got to talk about about Rocket. One thing I do like is at the end of the of Rocket's whole thing, he decides to call himself Rocket Raccoon, whereas yes. prior to this he was only known as Rocket. It's almost like you know like what they did with Wanda a little bit. Like Wanda was yeah. just Wanda. She wasn't Scarlet she, Witch. She only she, she she eventually became the Scarlet Witch. But it, right. you know we always look at it like, well, that's the Scarlet Witch. Right. You know we well, all audience I, members like we know yeah. who these characters we always, turn out to be. We always call Rocket Rocket Raccoon. He's he was always I think always known as Rocket Raccoon, except maybe in his first appearance he was known as Rocky, maybe Rocky Raccoon. But like after that, which I can tell you right now, most people have no idea first appearance of Rocky Raccoon because I don't even know where it's like a. Backstory in a black and white Marvel magazine from the seventies. People, either, people, people always thought Hulk two seventy one was the first appearance of Rocket Raccoon because that was like Hulk. You know, it was like right. everybody big had the, mainstream, you know, big mainstream early eighties. You know, Hulk with with Rocket Raccoon on the cover. You know, and then they're like, oh no, no, didn't you know that Marvel preview number seven from nineteen seventy four with Star Lord and had a Rocky Raccoon story? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, nobody knew that. But anyhow, yeah, so um, putting, giving that like origin story to Rocket Raccoon where he's like, he's like an experiment. Yeah, and it's not just him, it's, it's, it's a whole slew other of animals. animals, you know, that they, that they do. And it was really cool because I think I showed you this behind the scenes shot, right? So yeah. what was really great is like, you know, they had the real like motion, um, the actors in these motion caption suits. And they're all in the same position as the animals in the cage. That one great scene where they're all just kind of talking and they kind of create their 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 names for each other. They give themselves yeah. their names, um, and you get to see all that. So just really cool stuff that I thought James Gunn set up for these guys to really feel 
a, a human's not the real name, but like you know, they had that emotional oh, connection. I, I'll be honest with you. That I, they start to pull this, you. This in. whole backstory with 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 uh, Rocket Raccoon and the experiments and the friends that he's making that are also being experimented on, like their friendship, it's got to be one of the most emotional, like scenes. Well, like, he develops his bond with them, right? In, and you see in this any in the of film. the Marvel movies, and then you it's know, unbelievable. At, at the peak of at the peak of his backstory. You know, Rocket realizes that the high evolutionary is going to kill them all. Kill them all, and, and he his, figures out a way to escape. And his three friends are one. One is, is it an otter or a seal? Almost like like his. I think it's. I want to say otter, but I, I think, don't know if it's right or I not. I think it's an otter. And then there's a a rabbit. A rabbit. That's like, and and all these animals are screwed up with appendages and things. And yeah. then I think the other one is a walrus. Walrus. Yeah, I'd yeah. say that. I'd say it's you know, right. and it's like these like. These like oddballs, yeah. They all become friends, and they talk about what they're gonna do when they get out and when they go to wherever they're. Well, because they all think they're going to counter Earth. Yeah. The three other animals think they're all going there because that's basically what they've been told. Yeah, and they have right? this miserable life, like in a they in do. a jail. They're in a cage. They're in ca- like in dark cages, and they're treated like crap. Right. And the only reason why Rocket's treated any differently is because of his intelligence. Yeah. And, and how much the high evolutionary wants to. You know, use that for his own to experiment on, and basically, Rocket once he f- sees like or hears like what's going to end up happening, he tries to tell them all, and then he, they're b- basically busting out of there, and yeah. Rocket finds a way. And even Rocket, he's he's like a, almost like a baby at the time, like yeah, he's really he's, he's like young. A, he's young and he's cute, yeah. you know, and he's you know he's he doesn't have that, you know, that attitude that we've seen in the first two movies. He's not he's not that character yet. No. You know, he's like a newborn. Well, he's just innocent. He's learning, and he's innocent, and he's yeah. and he's emotional, and he and he forms bonds. And like, you know, when when something when when something gets lost, it affects him emotionally. You know. Well, it, you know, you look at the backstory of all this stuff, and you see the high evolutionary. It looks like his. You know, it's a younger um, version of him compared to what we see in the current timeline. But in the current timeline, he's got like these like things that are pulling his face, his skin back, right? So it's almost like he's wearing some type of like mask or application yeah. for his face. And if you it's know, almost you, like skin grafting. Yeah, it's like a, it's, that's what exactly what it seems yeah. like. It's a giant skin graft. You just don't know why. And then all of a sudden, at the peak of the escape for for Rocket, as he's getting out, he's trying to bust out his three friends. Yep. The high evolutionary comes in, figures out what's going on, and then just starts shooting, shooting. and winds up killing every all, all, all of his friends. Yeah, I mean, the first person he realizes is dead is, is the girl, the otter, who yeah. was like well, he, that was like his best like friend. Best friend. Yeah, and then like then he realizes the other two are, are dead, yeah. and I can tell right now, like I almost started crying in the movie. Like it was sad. It was it was, it was genuinely sad. It was. It was really. It was like one of the. The most emotional scenes I think of the whole Guardian series was that particular. Yeah, scene. it was it was really upsetting. You know, because it's just it's three like, and I think that was one of the the brilliant things is they showed these these four animals bonding in multiple scenes mm-hmm. before they get to that, and you know like how friendly they are and what they right. mean to one another because that's all who they had. Yep. And then now three of those people are taken away. They're just like. Cut down in cold blood. Oh yeah, and the high evolutionary couldn't care. Like he, yeah, and he, like and, completely cold. And Rocket emotions. is crying, and rightfully yeah. so. He's so upset, and then like the high evolutionary just like kind of mocks him. Like, and he loses it, and that's when he loses it. He, and he rips his face yeah, off, and he Good. goes after him. And you're like, wow, like it, like and just like literally, but you don't see the damage of it. Yeah, all you don't. You see, all you see yeah. is, is Rocket kind of just going to going to town on like scra- scrapping at him. And then he escapes, mm-hmm. and and basically, oh, he steals a ship, steals a ship, and and then that's the beginning of like his journey to the character that we know, we know, yep, you know where he's like, you know, he's you almost want to say he's in the beginning. I think he's like he's like kind of cold with no friends, and he's out for himself. Yeah. But he's mischievous too, and he's got a sense of humor. But you know, then he be he be you know he escapes with the guardians in the beginning, and then they become his friends. And, and he, le- can, he learns he learns to be how to be a friend. He learns how to do that with the guardians. But you can also see like why he becomes like why he pushes people away sometimes. Yeah, you like, know, it's probably a defense. Can, you can you can absolutely see why that happens. Yeah. Um, the the other combo that I really enjoyed is is Drax and Mantis. 
like Drax and Mantis had oh yeah they have such a great relationship that started in the second film and you see that so you know, again in this third one yeah with each other and I I like both of those characters a lot I like yeah. Drax I think he's hysterical I think he's got some of the funniest lines throughout the series Mantis grew on me so much and Mantis I love Mantis I think she's cool I, she's ten times better than the Mantis line. The, the Mantis in the comic books is one of the most annoying characters on the face of the earth and. The character in the MCU is very different from that character, and I like I like this man. No, they're 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 so I don't know they're so good together. And then you throw Nebula into it. Nebula's like just she's just just this hardcore person who just can't stand their crap. Now, now I'll be I'll be honest with you. I like Nebula, but I like her better in I liked her better in the, some of the early in some of the earlier Guardians films. Mm. I liked her. She was more like harder and and I feel like more she's a little bit more mushier now. I think so. She, well, she's been she, she's been around them more. Yeah, like she's she's softened up, yeah, and you yeah. can tell. No, I but I thought I thought they were really um, that they were really good together. There's some really powerful scenes, and there was times where, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but like there's obviously like these big battles that start to occur, and I almost feel like someone within the Guardians should have died. Yeah, you would have thought that they would have trained. I think it. that they would have. That to me, one of one of the main original Guardians characters should have died. Yeah, I mean, because technically, like you know, they kind of did that with Gamora, but they brought her back, so right. this doesn't count. You know, and it's like, would and would she honest, have been the one to die off? I'm, how did Gamora? How did Gamora originally die? She died when she got thrown in for the Soul Stone in Infinity War. Oh, Thanos took Thanos her. Thanos takes oh, her. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, right, right, right. Okay. Um, gotcha. So, and I, like, to me, if I had to pick, I would have said Drax. And yeah. I thought they were going there when Nebula starts commenting about Drax's intelligence. Yeah. And how he's an idiot. Yeah, you know what? You're never going to get rid of Rocket. Right. You're never going to get rid of Groot. Right. You're never going to get rid of Star-Lord. Starlord was the other one that I questioned. You, they tried. You're not going to get rid of Gamora again because that's going to look and that's, stupid. That's it. I, so I agree it's, with you. It's 100%. either Drax or Mantis. And I, you know, what? I didn't think it was going to be Mantis for some reason. I just didn't see her. Yeah. I just didn't see her dying. Um, but just the way that she defends Drax to Nebula, right? In that in that one scene, because Nebula is basically calling him an idiot, and mm-hmm. Mantis is like defending him, saying he's not an idiot, he's mm-hmm. not stupid. Yeah. And even though he makes like those these constantly like dumb comments, oh, which are absolutely you know, hysterical, and they're, they're always funny, they're always funny. But like you know, Drax, like when he saves those kids and knows how to speak their language, right? Mm-hmm. And Nebula's like, you know how to talk to them? He's like, yeah. And he's like, well, why did you, you say that before? You didn't ask. You didn't ask. <laughs> So, you know, I was like, when he starts to save them, and after that scene, I'm like, oh, something's going to happen to him, or he's going to get left behind, or something's going to happen, or he's going he's to save the kids, and then he's going to die. Yeah. I kept waiting for that. I, I love the scene where um, Zach, uh, Zach, Drax is eating a, like, some sort of bag of candy, and they're apparently they're Zard nuts, whatever the hell those are. And they're like, oh, I would like a Zard. And he's like, so I'm sorry, there are none left. And then, he, and then he takes one out <laughs> and just eats it. <laughs> it's like, what a jerk. <laughs> Dave Batista did such a great job with that role. And is like, you know, really, really showed me like he, he is like a really decent actor. You know? Another, I don't know how, I don't know how they don't, I, I, I would, I would love to see an outtakes of all oh, the Guardians yeah. movies. Because I guarantee you, there are times where they just they try to say the line, yeah, and they, they just can't keep a straight face because oh, they yeah. just they just can't it has they to. just can't it has to be they they probably have so much fun, or, or, or you know oh I think so, yeah I know definitely. Um, I, now then, there's also two other characters that kind of get a decent amount. It's the guy who inherited Yondu's arrow. Oh, that's Sean Gunn. So that's James's brother. Oh, is that his, that's his, oh, I didn't that's know that. Gunn, okay, yeah. and I don't even know the name of his character. I can no I forget too. And then there's like a dog. Oh, Cosmo. Cosmo, who's like I don't know, a telepathic and 
can do things. And that's supposed to be like the Russian dog that was sent into space. Yeah, right? and and I'll be honest with you, I don't know either of those two characters in the comic books. Well, he's if got they, like if they're even in the comics at all. He's got no telepathy, idea. and he's got that dog collar that helps him to like vocalize his his bark, basically, or yeah. her bark. I think it's actually a female dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I have to tell you, that was like really well done. Like having having that dog play with. Um, Guns, Sean Gunn's character. Yeah. And like, I'm not telling her, like, she's a bad dog, I'm not telling her otherwise. And the, and the dog just can't get over it. Like, I, you know, I hate it when you call me that. It was, I, 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 the jokes and the, the timing, I thought of everything, made it, um, went really, really well. Like, I thought it, it, there really wasn't a lot of any, like, down, not downtime, but there's no slow spots, I don't think, in mm-hmm. this. Like, I think it just flowed very well. And the jokes, to me, hit the right notes like the first film did as we went through this there, there really wasn't anything that i thought was like really off that that, that stood out and i was like uh I, I don't know about that they missed that but no i think they, they did really well like when they're on counter earth and star lord's trying to get he gets in the car without a problem and um nebula drive. nebula has no idea how, how to, to open get in the, the door. door yeah yeah and they they drop the first f-bomb Oh, okay. MCU. Oh, okay. I don't even know if I picked up on that. Oh, yeah. Like Starlo says, get the F in the car. But does right? he actually say F? Yes. Okay. He says it. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, like ooh. I didn't I didn't expect that. But uh it's great. Like she's she's pushing the door lock, like trying to open the door lock, not the actual latch itself. Mm-hmm. Like she's like putting her finger where the key the key goes and it's not working. <laughs> what about the scene where Drax like throws the ball and hits the girl? Oh, it just little, drills hit, her. Hits the girl in the face. Drills her and it just it pisses off all the, all the people. townspeople. Yeah, and like they're ready to go nuts. <laughs> but like that there was some like just really good like comic relief with that stuff. I, I thought that was great. So incidentally, I think McDonald's put out um a Guardians of the Galaxy Happy Meal thing where, like, the, the toys in the Happy Meals are... You could get various Guardians characters. Of course. And I think it's um, I think it's Star-Lord, mm-hmm. Groot, Rocket, Rocket Drax, Gamora. Mantis... Gamora's not one of them? Nope. Oh, wow. Warlock and the dog. Oh, the dog's one. They don't put Gamora in because I don't... In this movie... She doesn't identify as a guardian. She identifies as a ravager that's traveling with the that's guardians against her them. will. And the other guy, James Gunn's brother, is just, I think, too boring a character to turn into a Happy Meal toy. Like, he's not that Well, it's funny because like, he's, he's struggling the whole time trying to use the fin. Yeah. Right? Like, he's, he, can't, he can't quite get the, the arrow to do what he wants just mm-hmm. yet. Not until the very end. Um, but that... That was a nice like. I feel like the, the most of the characters in this had a really good character arc throughout all this. Yeah, and the, the you know other than Rocket, the other person that I think has a really emotional role in this is uh, Star Lord. Is Quill? Yeah, you know he has such you know we we talked about it earlier, but he goes. He eventually he he he's working through his loss of his Gamora, and realizing. He's not going to change who this Gamora is, no matter how much he loves her, mm-hmm. and tells her that. She tells him like, "I'm not who you want me to be." Yeah, right. And it's and and I think he finally comes to the realization of that, um, and it's it's heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking scene to see like this person that he loves, know and knowing that. This is in her, and yeah. realizes that like he has it's, to it's let just, the other one go. Yeah, and 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 even though towards the end, I think this Gamora starts to understand, yes. yep, the the situation a little bit better. And even though she starts to feel, I think, a little bit of camaraderie. Yeah, it's, it's part of the group a little bit. It's still not her, and she st- and she goes back to the Ravagers. She does. It's, it's the end of this movie is, is is really sad because she goes back to the Ravagers. Yeah, and I th- she and, doesn't, and she doesn't stay. And with she the looks Guardians. happy too. And she is. She's because at the happy. end of the day, she enjoys their company, and she misses yeah. and she misses them. It's not like, like, you know, getting. In sync with the rationale that Star Lord's trying to give means taking away from her relationship with the Ravagers. Like, yep. you know, one's got nothing to do with the other. 
You know, she's more in tune with what's going on in the Guardian scenario, but that hasn't that doesn't change a bit her camaraderie with with the people that she's in this scenario she's been with a long time. I think. Well, everyone kind of like basically pretty much goes their own way for the most part, with the exception of Rocket and Groot, who are now like the leaders of the the new Guardians. Yeah, so it's it's Rocket and Groot. Rocket Groot. Um, uh, whoever Sean Gunn's character is, yeah, he's a part of it, and uh, Warlock, kind of Cosmo, and I think Warlock, Cosmo and Warlock, yeah, yeah. So and it's uh, and this is interesting, which could be a really cool group of people, yeah, right? Like like I wouldn't mind watching something about them, yeah. I mean, this could group. be like the MCU version of Warlock and the Infinity Watch, wherever it was, because. You know, it was like Warlock and his merry band of you know, right? Cast the because you know that because you know Warlock is a pretty powerful yeah. character, and maybe but as he's, the ages he starts to become more mature because yeah, he saves cause he's, Quill, right? Because he's not in charge now. Because no, you know, no, no, not even close. Know, Rocket, Rocket is is the is the leader. But the other spot, the other spot where we thought someone was going to die was Quill. Right? Yeah, Quill almost sacrifices himself to save everybody. He's out. He's out in the, in the middle of space, and he can't he can't fly across. So he, I think he jumps. Right. Yeah. And but he doesn't. He doesn't make it. Yeah. He hits space debris. It when it stops and it his keeps, momentum. It keeps him in outer space for a little bit. Now, in all honesty, if he wasn't, you know, half ego, he would have died. Like, like. But I does think, he even still have anything from ego? Because he's not on the planet. The ego's like no, been no, destroyed. no. But that, no, but that's his father. But because he still has right. But he, he has, has. He has. He's half human and half. He whatever he, the hell he ego is. is. He, well, he's a celestial. Oh, ego is a celestial. Right. Well, that's right. why that's why he was able he was able to contain but the, the, only the stone re- from Ronan's thing. Like he's he's that not just he's not human. Right. And he's more than human because when he was on ego, he had all of those abilities. But ego tells him that you can only have that while you're here. The, the longer you are away from mm. from me, the less you'll have those abilities. Yeah, but the, I think those were like more abilities. Right. Like he still has a certain amount. Because he's he, he's not, but like when he's when he gets frozen at one point, like his face is all blown up, and yeah. I'm like, oh, he's he's he, he, he's dead. He probably dead, but he 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 bounced back. He got he lucky. did. He got he, lucky. He did, and I I really thought he they they were gonna kill him off. And you know, I I'm telling you right now, I would have been okay with that. Drax or Star Lord, I was prepared for one of those two to die. Now, and I was such a dumbass because I wanted to look this up before we went to this meeting, went to this taping, but um. In the credits, um, the the cast is in is in order of appearance in the movie, and the the very last credit is um, like crying Krylorian women. Okay. And it's in the Easter egg scene where war, with Warlock and and Rocket and them on this some planet. Yeah, they're on like a rock. Right, and they're defending. These people against whatever's coming to attack them, right. and there's a. I think there's a couple of people that are crying, like oh, you know, and those are the Krylorians. Those are Krylorians, and I I've heard that name before. The Krylorians is a race of people, and I wanted to look up what's important about them. And right. you know, someone punch me if I'm wrong because we're not going to know until later. But I think. The Krylorians is the race of Terax the Tamer, who is who, be, who is one of the heralds of Galactus. Okay, which would be very that, interesting. Yeah, that would be a nice little Easter egg for them yeah, to throw in there. Because the heralds of Galactus were Silver Surfer, then and it's it's interesting if you actually look. I I I didn't realize this the other day. It's all the, it's all the elements, you know. Silver okay. Surfer is um, supposed to represent water. Okay, I can see that. Gabriel was the air walker, is air. Then there was Fire Lord, fire. Fire. Then there was Nova. No, Earth. sorry, no, no, sorry. There was then there was Terax, who was Earth. Earth. He was like rock. And then so then they went through they went through the whole rotation. And then the fifth one was Nova, who was fire again. But it was like, you know, it's interesting to see if um, this is you know kind of the Easter egg to. You know, it's like a prelude to that. Get Terex, you yeah. know, you know, because again, again, this is what Marvel does. They, you know, they just, they just pull characters from all over the place. And Terex the Tamer was 
a herald of Galactus for quite a while. Um, and even after he stopped being a herald for Galactus, he was in comics doing all sorts of cosmic things here and there. So he's he's been around. No, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, so, listen, it very well could be. I'm sure there's people that have gone back and dissected a lot of those scenes yeah. um, by now and kind of really went over what um, like those people who are in there and oh, yeah. what, what it represents and what it could possibly mean what for the future. Be. Yeah, and of course, you know, I used to have the Fantastic Four issue with the first appearance of Terax as a kid. And of course, I'm like an idiot. I never bought it a good copy. So now, like... I, well, it's your own fault. All the comics that I ever had as a kid, I, I buy back. And it's like now I got to spend like two or three hundred freaking dollars on a high grade FF two eleven or two ten whatever it is, and it's just like really, couldn't I just have bought this in a dollar bin twenty years ago and, and be like ooh 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 like I did like I had my Hulk two seventy one first rocket I got it a dollar I could bought yeah, that for two dollars that's so funny <laughs> perfect um but yeah I, I, you know we see Quill kind of have his also his happy ending he goes oh yeah to, he's that's he the last Easter egg right yep he goes back to Earth and he looks up, his, up grandpa, his grandfather who I was expecting to be played by somebody more interesting that was the same person that played him in the first Guardians movie oh okay it's the same actor I was like they have a good opportunity here for some sort of cameo like a good cameo like, a, like maybe a creator or somebody if they didn't have someone that could have been a good a good idea, but the fact that they used that character in the first film, yeah, in the hospital scene, the very beginning of the movie, that's the same guy. And the, uh, I think the shirt that Star Lord is wearing in that scene is, um, it's a real old '70s shirt. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, it's called Creepies, something like something that. like yeah. that. I think it was Creepies. I forget, but it, either way, it, it's, it's like a, it's a shirt of a very odd, short-lived serial from the '70s. That was like the the, the 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 animated mascots were like these creepy rock monsters, or whatever. And I think they were called I think they were called creepies. Uh, and I remember eating that as a kid, like once or twice. And then next thing I knew, you blinked and it was never on the shelves again. <laughs> but like you know, they pull out all this you know nostalgic stuff, like you know what people yeah, wear. And the time the time frame, like when we were on um, counter counter Earth, that was very like. 60s 70s mm. to me like that almost seemed like the the decorations of the homes the cars yeah all that stuff seemed like in in that decade mm-hmm. um so i thought that was that was an interesting choice for a time frame to have you know well it was interesting to see like um when they were driving around counter earth and they saw like you know everything's you know everything's not so hot in paradise there's you know delin- exactly. delinquents and homeless and drug deals going on and that's kind of how they basically like screw with the evolutionary like, the yeah. evolutionaries they basically okay. tell them like i saw all these people it's like you don't have a utopia here yeah and then he was like well we're gonna torch it and start you know now. what you're right yeah boom <laughs> he hits the freaking panic button and <laughs> things just start blowing up all over the place yeah. oh doesn't um warlock's i don't know mother or guardian get killed i believe she so. gets blown up i believe so yeah. yeah, that was that was that was. He makes he, he makes it out only because of I think how how strong he is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, he or does he is he stole away on the guardian's ship? Where does he come? Where does he come from? Well, I think he was. He I think he was going after her, and then she blew. And and she he was, he was going after her. So he was following. He was trying to get her. Yeah, and save her before. Like, and then she saw him coming, and then never, then it blew up. Okay, so she, she was a goner. Oh, you're right. You're right. I don't know where like, he went after it's that. It's he's trying to get her. Yeah, I don't know up. where he went after that. Yeah, I forget. No, that was uh, that was an interesting way of taking care of him, and then and then he comes back because then you feel like you don't see him for a little bit. Like he's like out of the, um, well, he's he's there at nowhere, right? I feel mm-hmm. like he's like doing stuff to like help with nowhere because you're transferring all those kids. They're getting them off that ship before it explodes. Yeah, well, and I think that leads to I think one of. One of the feel-good, but also very emotional parts of the film is like they're saving all the humanoid people, right? But and, not, and, right? Not yeah. all the animals. That and are Rocket being says, Rocket's like, like, "I'm not, not leaving that." Not leaving that. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like you know, Noah's like Ark. The zoo broke loose. But and, that's what yeah. it felt like. Noah's Ark. Like yeah. all these animals were just, just coming, coming and coming, and you're sitting there like, yeah. you know what? Oh, they're gonna, you know, like you know. You hope they all make it, you know. Like, you know, could you imagine, like, if they all make it? That that one mice who's got the the bad leg, the one mouse who's got the bad leg, he's up to, he's like, oh, sorry guys, you know, he dies. No, it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, every second, every single freaking animal 
got off got off the got off the, the ship that was going down. Like you had to. They had to get the wall. Burn and, and, and every everything. And then Adam's the one who ends up saving Star Lord. Yeah. Without without yeah. him, he's dead. Right, right. Without him, he's dead. So little, I'm trying little, to think. Could anybody have gotten him? No, because no. even Groot tried, and his branches were yeah. freezing as he yeah. as he went to go do it. Uh, this, it was just fun. I, I mean, James Gunn makes interesting. They're fun movies. Fun movies. They're fun. They're different. They got they got character. They 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 can go in they go in unexpected directions. They can. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. It's not. It's not a paint by numbers. He's got a very interesting style, which gives me hope for the DC universe and the path that he's going to put them on. Now that being said, every movie can't be like that because what makes the MCU so successful is that it has like a path that it's going, and it has a little bit of a formula that works. Because when people go see an MCU movie, well, you, you know to what a, to expect. You have to have a generic formula at some point, yeah. right? It's But it's how you apply it, I think, that matters. Right. So when you have something like the DCU, and essentially they're basically starting fresh, right? Like James Gunn has said this, you know, next year they're going to start having um, some animation come out that's going to kind of kick things off. And then his big movie, Superman Legacy, starts the, the DCU film universe Mm -hmm. right but until then like they're going to flesh things out and i think my hope and understanding from listening to him do interviews is that he's basically planning out this whole 10-year plan right 10 year plus that's what you need you need a guy that says look we're not going from year to year and figuring out at the end of each year what we're doing next year we got a 10-year plan and it's like and and my thoughts like he's he's got that in mind he knows the films that they're going to put into place and now it's okay. We're going to find the people that are going to mm-hmm. mesh with what the vision is. Bring them in. Show them this is the vision. This is where we want to go. And this and this is where we're going. Right. And that's it. This is what we're going to do. I'm giving you control of this, and it has to stay in line. Right. With what we're doing. You did just and you just have to commit. You know, and it's a shame too because I I I've been seeing like the the flash trailers as they come out, and I think I saw the most recent one just recently. And you know what? The Flash movie looks good. Yeah, it got decent you know, reviews it so looks, far. It looks good. When does that open? Uh, a couple of weeks. You know, with, June? with between Flash and Reverse Flash, and and you know Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton Batman, coming back. and then you know well, you and, have two Batmans. You got yeah, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, and, and Michael Keaton, Keaton, which is freaking great. Yeah. And then you got interesting um, Supergirl, and you got Supergirl. Like Supergirl looks looks yeah. cool too. Very different looking Supergirl. Bring it back, General Zod. Oh, oh yeah, come on, yeah. Love Zod. Yeah. Zod is absolutely one of my favorite villains yeah. in the DCU. DCCU? DCU? Yeah, you gotta go with DCU. Yeah. And I think I think that to me is going to be very interesting how they um how they do all that. Tie, so how, how they tie all, they all up. They, and then what the what's the ending gonna be like? You know, like that's the whole thing because we, we are we know we're gonna be getting new new actors in these roles. So how are you how are you going to tie that all in? I, I mean, it's it's all assumed that we're going a Flashpoint route, but yeah. it's just how are they going to adapt that storyline to this? You know, I see bits and pieces already of what they're doing with Supergirl. I I, I know what they're going to do with her and how they're going to bring her in. Okay. Because it's going to be very similar to what happened, I think, with Superman in the Flashpoint book. Okay. But they're just going to kind of flip it and make it Supergirl. You know, and it makes me wonder if... um. Like somebody over at DC in the in the movie section is sitting there going like, "Oh man, this Flash movie is is looking really good. Oh man, we should have we should have just stuck with it because it's we, we could have went from there." And somebody else is saying, "Sorry, yeah, too late. It's too late. Yep, you decided to go in another direction and end this. But the more that it th- even ended, the more that I think about it, the more I feel like they had to do that." I unless like, this is unless the Flash movie is the bridge to the next one, you know, work it out that it, way. It's possible, but Make I, it the I, bridge. I feel like you ended up having to go this route just to give it a clean slate. Yeah, and you know what, we are going to work towards these major villains, mm-hmm. but we we've got to earn it first. Yeah. We can't just and hopefully we get to see like new, new, new big big bad villains, versions, new good versions of 
Batman and Superman and Flash yep. and Green Lantern. Will they will they get Green Lantern right? That that's what I'm hoping for. Like you know, the, yeah. oh. bringing back some of those other you know, these other characters that we haven't yeah. seen so much on screen. Yeah, these heroes, but we shall see. Time will tell. Yeah. So, so listen, with that, um, I really enjoyed Guardians Volume Three. I did too. Not as much as the first one, but definitely more than Volume Two. Yeah, I think so too. I think I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than the second one. I think it was better than the second one. The first one and the third one? I think I enjoyed the first one more, but I think the third one is is better because it's, I don't know, it's just got, it covers a lot of bases. It hits, it covers, it does. It covers more, it covers a more emotional range. It's, it's and it certainly and it works. was the most emotional. Yeah. Out of the three, I mean, even even the second one, which had Quill finding his father, fighting and basically killing his father, and then mm-hmm. accepting Yondo as the man that raised him, mm-hmm. right, and almost accepting him as like a like a stepfather, if you will, or a foster father, like that's that was pretty emotional, yeah. But just so different with with Rocket, yeah. You know, like he hits an emotional tone in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I. This movie is at least three stars, if not three and a half. I felt like Guardians 1 was almost about the same. At least three stars, possibly even three and a half. Guardians 2, I think, was at best a three-star movie. Hmm. But, I, but I liked both 1 and 3 immensely, but like almost a little differently. 1 was more of like a fun roller coaster ride, and 3 was more of like an emotional roller coaster ride. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think I can you understand know? that. I, I, I agree with that, too. So, good stuff. But, yeah. Um, so with that, guys, we are going to be done. I don't know what's next on our agenda. I don't know. You know what? We, uh, we we never got around to see Little Mermaids. Little Mermaids. We never got around out. to seeing Evil Dead. We missed out. No, on Evil we missed Dead. out that one. Um, but we got uh, I think Little, Little Mermaid, Mermaid is coming up. Coming I'm sure out. all the kids are going to want to see that. Fast Ten. What's Fast Ten? Fast and the Furious. Oh, Fast and the Furious Ten. <laughs> oh man. I don't know if you're seeing that one. No, no, and I'd have to binge watch, you know, one through nine because oh I, I think I've only seen one and one's the one. I think that, I've only seen one. One's the one you need to watch. Um, and then Flash is in a couple of weeks. Flash is in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So with that, guys, with that, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thanks so much for watching and listening. See everyone. you guys next time at the movies. See you soon.